theyeshiva.net. Good morning. So we'll continue inside. Uh, page 102 on the bottom. 102 on the bottom. I want to welcome back Rabbi Litzman. We missed you. Vuzate Gavan. Mazel Tov We want to welcome somebody who's with us every day, virtually in Yerushalayim, Mira Kaidish. Harav Pinchas Akayan Krieger, who's here with us. Begashmius. Usually he sees us, but we don't see him. And today, Sai. And if he falls asleep in the middle of the shear, nobody notices. But today we could see him and he could see us. If he falls asleep, everybody notices. Huh? No, he never does. Okay, we want to welcome everybody else who's here. Even those who didn't come in from Israel for the Shia. Ruchim Abayim. The summation of yesterday's Shia, the opening of the Maimir, Vayomir Hashem of Misam Pella Adam, after exploring the idea of the Sefer Hatmuna, that we exist in Shmita Shnia, the second Shmita, meaning that Bereshis, Baralakimus Hashemayim Vesaharetz is already a second cycle. Bays, it's not the Aleph of creation, it's the Bays. So this would not be five, uh, five, seven, eighty. It would be seven thousand years plus five, se- five, seven, eighty. That would be what, that's actually some Kabbalah understood. But as the Balatanya said, Arizal had a complete different understanding of it. And he understood that we, us being in a Shmitishniya, first of all, doesn't mean that there's five Shmitis afterwards. And second of all, it doesn't mean that there was a physical universe before this Shmita. But rather, the Sefer Atmuna was correct, but it was referring to a, a spiritual a spiritual reality, which he calls the Olam Hatoyu, that experienced the mist of the seven Melachim. And this Shemitah is called Olam Hatikl. But there were two souls, at least two souls, that he discusses. From the first Shemitah that were transplanted into this Shemitah in order to help heal the world. Chanoich and Moshe. Chanoich achieved a tremendous feat before the Der Hamabu allowing for the world at least to be cleansed through the mikveh and Noach and his family to be saved. And Moshe, of course, is the one who sets for, sets the goal of, uh, he sets forth the goal of, uh, of changing the world. He's the first one to uh, challenge oppression and slavery and begin a march towards freedom and ultimate human dignity. And uh, he's, of course, the conduit for Torah, which is the divine blueprint for the Jewish people and for humanity, because Torah is a blueprint ultimately for all of humanity, Sheva Mitzvah, B'nai Noyach, etc. So in that sense, Moshe is a game, not a game changer, but the, the game changer. It's not an interesting thing to note that throughout history, I believe every movement, or almost every movement that I'm aware of, that uh, was dealing with uh, trying to create slavery from uh, freedom from oppression, freeing slaves, uh, 
giving people uh, dignity, human rights, and so forth, a huge amount of them have used Moshe as their ultimate symbol, including in our generation, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and the Civil Rights Movement, and uh, the whole movement to abolish slavery in America, <laughs> really during President Lincoln's times and subsequently. So the great symbol was Moshe. Uh, the songs about Moshe and hymns about Moshe and lullabies about Moshe and marches about Moses. And the point was that in history, this is the first movement, the first person, recorded person to stand up to tyranny. Now we take it for granted, but we shouldn't. Because uh, in ancient civilization, tyranny was as natural as the ear that you breathe. You wake up in the morning, you don't say, I'm not going to breathe American air. I'm going to breathe the Swiss Alps air. Well, if, if you're there, you could breathe that air. Here you breathe. There's certain things, you're a hostage because of reality. I'm not breathing the air. I'm not just, I don't want to breathe. Tyranny was taken so naturally, it was so much part of civilization, it was like <laughs> people have to go to the bathroom and people have to get dressed and people need food and people need agriculture, people need water. And this is, and this is leader, this, this is, and this is it. This is your reality. And that's what Pare was so confused with Moshe and all these Parshas. It's like, Vos wills to Moshe? <laughs> A new world order? <laughs> like, he doesn't even understand them. <laughs> of course. This, this is life. You're lazy. And you have these fantasies and you're driving slaves crazy. It's like, he, it's not that he resisted the redemption. The dream of redemption you cut down. Because when you could cut down the dream, then you, you nip it in the bud. No, I'm not arguing with you yes or not. The problem is you're dreaming too much. You're, you're in a la-la land. You're in, yeah. So what's from the Chidush Yerim? Huh? Yeah, yeah. This was this was this is the fabric of civilization. They'll call today the DNA of society. You don't. Uh, there's nothing to do. There's an order. In order, you're born. You're born where you're born. Paro is a demigod, and it's, I'm saying this because we don't understand the vision that it took, the creativity that it took, the originality that it took, to be able to just ask questions on this type of system. That's the that's the deepest pella. Once that happens, you're ready. The march to freedom began, but it's not. Uh, this is not something to take for granted. We're living thousands of years later, after Matan Torah, after Yitzias Mitzrayim, after Moshe Rabbeinu. It's uh, it's a, it's a new vocabulary. There's a there's a word from the from the Chidush Harim. The Svasemis brings it. A few times in Parshas Ve'eda, B'Shem Hazeda, the Chidush Anim, that it says in Parshas Ve'eda, "Vayitzesi eschem mitachas sivlois mitzrayim." I will extract you. I will take you out from under sivlois mitzrayim. So the word sivlois, Rashi says, is Torah masa mitzrayim, the burden, the heavy burden, heavy weight mitachas. You're under it, sivlois. I'm going to take you out from it. I'll free you from the tyranny, from the from the subjugation, from the avdus. But the Chidush Arim said, the first Gary Rebbe said, the word civilized actually doesn't mean that. The word civilized in Lashon Kodesh comes from the word Lisbol. 
which is associated with the word savlanut. What does savlanut mean today in Hebrew? Patience. Yeah. Tolerance. Savlanut. Savlanut, can? Amerikai. Savlanut. Savlanut. You need your phone installed, you'll wait a year. You need to do something in the bank, you'll wait three years. Savlanut. We don't have customary service like America. So, huh? Endur- enduring, enduring. You say, Lisboil. What's Lisboil? Lisboil is t- to, to, uh, to contain, to tolerate, to deal with, yeah, to endure. It says, I'm gonna liberate you from tolerating Mitzrayim. <laughs> from the Savlanut. <laughs> from the Savlanut, from the capacity to tolerate Mitzrayim. That's what I'm gonna liberate from you. From making peace with abuse, for making peace with evil, for making peace with the status quo. Because without that, there's no Geula. Geula doesn't begin with Geula. Geula begins with defining that this is Gullus. Right? As I once heard somebody say in a group, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> If you're not sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're going to remain sick and tired. It's called the battered woman syndrome, and there's also the battered man syndrome. You make peace, you make shalom. It's at least it's expected. You know what's coming. You used it. Yeah. So he says the first step is mitacha The greatest burden is that you don't realize what a burden it is. The greatest burden is you're carrying around. All this mishagas, all this trauma, you don't even know it. It's normal. And you deceive yourself it's normal because you don't want to make waves. And, and there's a reason people do it. There's a reason. There's, there's a, you know, there's a deep emotional reason for it. You mentioned Hanoch and Moshe Rabbeinu, but you didn't mention Abraham Rabbeinu. Doesn't he fit in on the same level we introduced one of these in the world? It's an interesting question. What about Avram Avinu? The one who uh, began the whole process. It's interesting. I don't know. I have to research a little. What's the what? Like why Moshen Chanoch Dafka? I mean, you could bring us a lot of other names. Ah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's called comfort zones. It's a kaliyate. It's not really kaliyate because it's a. Uh, <laughs> He's a slave. He's 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 being abused. He's ashmata. Kol aben ayila dayeret hashlichu. They say he's gelept, but you become used to it. People get used to everything. So Pasha Tal Pipshat that march towards the it, it wasn't just the Gula then. The Maral says in Sefik Vudas Hashem, he says, "Why do we say Maral lived in Prague in the 1500s? A difficult kufa. It wasn't easy. The Maisa with the Goylem and all that." The, the suffering of the Jews was terrible in the Middle Ages. And the Maharal knew it better than everybody because he was at the forefront of tremendous Jewish hatred and persecution. 
So in Gvodas Hashem, the Maral asks a question, why are Jews celebrating Pesach when they're not free anymore? We sit with Seba, and if you didn't do a Seba, you have to redo it. You sit, because we're Melachim. He says, who's a Melech? Who's Bnei Chayrim? He says, Mela, when they were free, I can understand. He says, Pesach at some point should have been canceled. So the Maral writes in Sefer Gvodas Hashem, I think in Perek Mamalov, the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, was not just an event in history. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim changed the vocabulary of existence. He said Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim created his Lashon as Bnei Choyren Be'etzem, ve'ein ha-mikre shalgolos mevatel zeachakach, meaning from the day of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the Jews started to think differently. If he's in a golos, it's not a natural state anymore. I'm a free person. And if I'm a free person, I'm sick and tired of this. And if you're already sick and tired of this, if you don't make peace with it, so that means I may not be free in reality, but in essence, in essence is a, there's a, there's a place of freedom because I will not make peace with this dysfunction. It's true collectively, and it's true, of course, individually. That's what he says. It created a vocabulary of freedom, a language that was not, that can't be changed afterwards, even if in reality they were exiled and they were expelled from their land and they're dealing with, with subjugation and oppression. Okay. Just wanted to make this ha'ada that when we talk about a transplant, <clears throat> that's why a transplant is important. The mile of the transplant of Shmita Rishon is that he's not caught up in the, in the reality of the present. Cause whenever you want to change a system, when you're inside of it, it's very hard to be able to change it because you're usually part of the problem. You're usually part of the problem. In the business world, this is a well-known klal. You have to bring somebody, often, the Gemara says in Brachas, yeah, some of you just learned, When I'm inside of it, even if I'm good and I mean well and everything, but my thought process is already defined by it. Moshe was a transplant from Ananda Shmita. From this moment, there's an expression, and Chabad says, he's from Shmita de Shaina. I want to tell somebody, you know, he's from Ananda Shmita. Not just he thinks different, he looks different, he has different ideas. He's from Ananda Shmita. He's not, uh, uh, isn't it? Huh? Okay, so we'll see uh, what, what the Indian of Elam Atayim. That's what we're going to discuss now, but the Nakud is, it's a completely different, um, and the truth is that it's even, this is true in Ruchnis, but it's also true in Gashmis. The Ebenezer writes in Parsha Shmois, he asks, why did Hashem make that the first Jewish leader should grow up among non-Jews? It would seem that the first Jewish leader should grow up among Jews. That's what Ebenezer asks. In other words, how do you understand, if you want to ask the question in a little more juicy terms, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know what a Shalom Zacha looks like. He didn't know what a Kiddush looks like. He didn't, he never ate herring. He never ate sponge cake. How do you, you, we have a law in our country that a president has to be somebody, yeah? Who's a homegrown potato? Obama and Trump dealt with this issue, Barich is if you remember. Yeah, You have to be a homegrown tomato. You have to be a homegrown potato. Why? Because, can't bring a, a, a rebel over a, a, a nation, over a group. He doesn't, he didn't grow up with them. He grew up in a palace. So the Avinadah says, why did the Hashikach have this? The first Jewish leader, it's So the Avinadah says, I don't know. It's the secret of God. 
Then he says a reason. He gives he gives two reasons, but I want to give out one reason he says. And he says that if Moshe would have grown up among Jews, he would have had a slave mentality. And he would have never be able to stage a revolution that would change the world. And it wouldn't be his fault. He would grow up in an ambiance, in an atmosphere of slavery. For him to do what he had to do, he had to grow up in an atmosphere of rachvos, of aristocracy, of royalty. He could think big. He grew up in the shadow of Parah, in the, in the Dalad Amas of Parah. He fought like a king. And he used that to defeat his own step-grandfather. But he could think when Hashem told him, we're going to change the world. We're going to stand up to tyranny, even though on his own he didn't want to go. But the, 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 Hes, the Hasaga was there. He could, and he did it. And he was fearless. Once he took the job, he was there. He thought, he thought that way. He didn't think like an Evet. Because he didn't grow up there. Because when you grow up somewhere, you're part of that system. Even if it's a fine system. And in Chavashmada, the limitations you don't see as well. Because you, again, it's the ear that you're breathing. And you see it, Adayay Mazah. You see it, Adayay Mazah. You know, leaders who make incremental small changes. When somebody is really transforming something in a fundamental way, even if it's not so noticeable, it's usually, it's a different pair of glasses. You have to put on a different pair of glasses. And from the inside, it's very hard, you know. It's, and, and how do you distinguish if it's Tchelis or Kla'ilan, you know, if it's authentic, if it's inauthentic, and so forth. I'll call upon him. So this is, so I'm saying even physically, like a transplant. It's from, from a different environment. The Avanezer gives a second reason. It's not Negea here, but there's interesting reason. The Avanezer says, if Baisha would have grown up among Jews, they would have never respected him. Ein Navi Beire. Yeah? Every Yente and Yachna, when he would get up to speak, he'd say, oh, I was at your bris. I used to babysit for you when you were two years old. You screamed the whole night. I gave you a bottle. Oh, you became a Navi recently? Really, when did God start speaking to you? Because I just remember when you were a little kid, you were running around, beating up your brother Aaron and this. You know, what are you supposed to do? God told me. When, when did God tell you? Before I babysat you or after I babysat you? Before I threw you out of school or after I threw you out of school? Right? Before you ran away with your friends by recess? When? Azoi, Moshe came from a different place. <laughs> you know how it is, yeah? That's the second reason of the Avanezah. Both are fascinating reasons. Interesting. Interesting. You say not to be part of the system. <laughs> now the Shilas, what's this with Toyu and Tikkun? We said it's a transfer from Toyu. So now begins the next stage of the Baimer about Toyo and Tikkun. Now the next two paragraphs are, com- are complicated and complex. It's Bekitzer, it's brief. It's not so Bekitzer, but relatively it's Bekitzer. And it, it, it needs us out. I'm saying this because when you read it, it's, it's not going to be so easy to understand. The difference between Toyo and Tikkun, you do obey Tzchayim is known in Eitzchayim. Eitzchayim is, of course, one of the basic, most basic texts of the Arizal, written by his student, Reb Chaim Vital. The Arizal here is mentioned in the beginning of the Maimer, and now again, the Arizal's name was Reb Yitzchak Luria. Arizal is Adoineinu Rabbeinu Yitzchak Zechreinu Levrocha, Reb Yitzchak Luria. His last name was Ashkenazi. And 
Darizal lived in Egypt, and then he came to Echistral, and he lived for two years in Svas because he passed away very young. And during those two years, he taught Kabbalah. His main student was Abchaim Vital. Abchaim Vital wrote down many of the teachings of Darizal and the many works that are known as Kisvei Harizal. And one of the, mo- the biggest ones, or the famous ones, is called Eitz Chaim, the Tree of Life, which is divided into Sha'arim portals. So it says, and it's why the Eitz Chaim is quoted a lot. Sha'atoyu lo'yoyobchines partsufim. Toyu was not constructed as partsufim. A partsuf literally means a face. To be more accurate, it's an organism. A partsuf is a structure. A whole organism. Partsuf literally means face, a partsuf. Parts of his face is part of an organism. The ten spheres were defined as points, nekudas. Those who still remember the Maimer of Noyach, about Akudim, Nekudim, Ubrudim, he mentioned that there as well, about the Dorha Flogger. Hayyubchinis Nekudas. It's Saini Loimar. Nekudas Achesed. Nekudas Agvura. Yaakov also, yeah, he mentioned the Maklos, yeah. The maim is just in noyach. The tzayin lemin nekudas hachesed nekudas hagvur. There's the point or the core. You could say the core. Nekudas the core. Nekuda doesn't here mean a dot. Nekuda means a concentrated, a concentrated energy that captures the core of chesed, the core of gvura. We're calling it a nekuda because nekuda is the whole energy is concentrated into that singular form rather than an organism, which by definition includes. Many nuances and details and branches. It means that the sphere in Tayu was not developed and expanded and divided in length and in breadth, different directions. Every sphere was a nakuda. Nakuda is a seminal point. Which means it's very concentrated. It's a klal. It has a lot in it, but it's bekitzer muflug. It's very, very concise, very brief, not with the expansiveness. Zuchesed v'zugvur. V'gam, the Yitzchayim also says, The ten svidas were one below the other, meaning, Therefore they were separate. They're not integrated from each other. If you would have a picture of it, it would be chesed, one dot, another dot, another dot, another dot. Each one, zeh One is below the other. There's a hierarchy. There's an evolution. There's a development. One is on top. One is on the bottom. And there's no shaykhs. There's a pirut. Versus a parts of an organism where everything works together. Everything is working together. It's not one below the other. I mean, everything gives and takes and is integrated. I mean, that's the magic of an organism. If you study a human organism, how biology works, everything is interconnected. From the brain until the last toenail at the bottom of the foot, you don't say, oh, it's just uh, it's just the lower part of my body. It's all one. Adam. Who's Adam? Which part of you is Adam? Your kidney is Adam? Your pancreas? Your liver? Your cell? Every one of the 40 trillion cells, 100 billion neurons, and the answer is, it's one. It's all Adam. And that's, and that's, 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 that's exactly what parts of means. It's called hiskalalus. Hiskalalus means there's a lot of diversity, a lot of details going on. It's not concentrated in one 
tiny place where all the energy is, and there's Hiskalalus. Those are the two things. The two points we just said are dependent on each other. I know that this is a new stuff and it's a little confusing, but it'll, it'll become clear, Bezer Hashem. The two points is, num- point number one, he said, that in Toyhu, it wasn't B'pchines parts if it was B'pchines Nekuda, and in Toyu, it was not Hiskalalus, but Pirud. It's Daha Baha Talia. One depends on the other. What's the contrast? Mashenkin Oilam Atikun, who Shinasu Asvidus B'pchines Partsufim. In Tikkun, the spheres develop as part sufim, as part of structures. In Oilamatoyu, every sphere is a nekuda. Very concentrated, very powerful. He put it, nekuda sachesed, nekuda sagvura. What's a nekuda? A nekuda is not expanded in, in, in Jewish works of philosophy and also trigonometry and algebra, already from the from the middle medieval ages, from the Rambam and earlier, there's an expression, Nekuda, Kav, and Shetach. Right? There's a Nekuda, there's a Kav, a Kav is already Oirech, it has length, and then there's a Shetach, which is, we call today a territory. Length and breadth, that's why he says Oirech and Reichach. So there's Nekuda, Kav, which is already an expansion. There's a line, and then there's a Shetach, it's not only one way, but there's also a Shetach the other way which also exists spiritually. It's not just in terms of shapes and lines, but also in Ruchnias. So Bemele in Toyu, every Svita is a Nekud. That's one Indian. But there's another Indian, and that is, and he says it's Habah HaTalia. Because every Svita is a Nekud, they're also not um, uh, mutually interdependent. They're not working in a system of integration of Eskalalos. It's called Zetachaza. So each svidah is an akuda. It's not fully developed in details. And because of that, there's a second consequence, and that is their relationship with each other is not one of symbiosis and synthesis and integration, but one of each one's self-contained. In Tayu, in Tikkun, everything changed. The svidahs became part sufu. And he's now going to use the language of Eitz Chayim. Mechachme nivne parts of Ab. In Tikkun, you don't speak about Chachmi, you speak about parts of Abba. Parts of Abba means the organism, the structure of Abba. Abba is Chachma, the father is Chachma. The parts of Chachma is Aganza parts of. Mivov Ktsavis, from the six middas called the six Ktsavis, six dimensions, parts of Zoh. The parts of Zoh. And there's parts of Ima. He doesn't go through everything. There's parts of Ima. There's parts of Malchus. Shehushin Ischalka Hasfira. There's, there's, the, there's the five parts of him. There's the parts of, of Kesar, the parts of, of Chachman, the parts of, of Bina, parts of, of Zod, the parts of, of Malchus. Here he mentions one structure, two. The first thing in a parts of is, there's so many details. Like we see it in an organism. It's so microscopic and tiny, but there's an incredible amount of nuances and details, branches and sub-branches. Take the central nerve system in the brain and then how the nerves continue down the spine and how it branches out. It's fascinating. It goes, Ad Hayyim, Ad Hayyim, you know, you'd think uh, with all the x-rays that we have, etc. 
there's certain surgeries that physicians are terrified of. In certain places, the nerves, yeah? The, the intricacy of the nerves and the details are so nuanced that uh, I told you a story on Shavuos, if you remember, that there was a surgery not long ago in America and the doctor used an anatomy book that was made by the Nazis from corpses of their victims in Vienna and in camps. And he said that Ad there's no textbook in the entire field of medicine which has pictures as intricate and as solid and as reliable as those pictures. And it became a big ethical debate about using such blueprints, such manuals, such diagrams of the human body that uh, that was made by them. But it's fascinating. I'm trying to bring out here the protim are beyond comprehension of the, and every detail serves something. It, it's, it, it has its function, its purpose. That's what a parts of is. It says, So therefore, it becomes nine times nine, talking about the Svidis, <coughs> nine Svidis, Till, till Malchus, we'll see why test. But it's test, pamim, test, nine times nine, because each one is not just on its own. Each one encompasses all the others. So you don't have nine, you have nine times nine, because the chesed, like we have in Sphere Sa'imer, yeah, you'll have chesed shebegvura, and gvura shebechesed, and tiferi shebechesed. What is, are you talking about chesed? And the answer is that the chesed is in sync and encompassing of the others as well. Each one, there's something called a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's no beginning, middle, and end. Reish is the beginning, the genesis is, your connection to above. Toich is who you are, and Saif is how you become a mentor to others. Those are three dimensions that don't exist in a Nekudah. In a Nekudah, it's all concentrated. Reish is where I'm coming from, my identification with my source. I am a child. Toich is me, I, what we call, and Saif is how I'm already creating, I become a source for others. That's the end. That's the end of the process, so to speak. And each one depends on each other. Because if you don't have a source, if you're missing your attachment, if you're missing your source, it's very hard to develop on your own. And then you have very little to give to the next generation. So all the svidis is reish taich saif. So it's nine times nine, plus in each one is reish taich saif. So how many? How much do we have? Nine times nine, huh? Where did you get two forty three? So two forty three. Vehei hamagdilim. And then there is mom's milk that allows everything to grow. Hey chasadim, the five fingers of the right hand are called the hey chasadim, the five elements within chesed. Chesed and gvur and teferis and netzach and hoid, five elements in chesed, which grow. So in the spheres, you have 248 organs and limbs. The biology of a person down here is just a physical mirror and reflection of the way the spheres are in Tikkun, where there's the structure and the organism of Ramach. How did the spheres get to Ramach? Nine times nine, plus three, 
Rosh Toich Soif, is 243, and not just each one is detailed and nuanced and expanded. They're also integrated, as we said, the two differences between Toyo and Tikkun. Okay, we'll be Mafsik here, and Bezir Hashem tomorrow will uh, try to explain and explore a little more. We're trying to be Melamatikun. Yeah, yeah. The second Schmidt is Elamatikun. According to the Arizal, the first Schmidt was Toyo, the second Schmidt is Tikkun. Not physical, not physical. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.